Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into the Fire podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Bill. And we are on to the final episode of this season of House of the Dragon. This is quite an episode. Episode 10, The Black Queen. Um, it seems that the cat is making some kind of mischief. Don't, yeah, we Pardon have a that. cat. She likes to steal things. Her name is Sarmina, so they. So yeah, if, ever if we have any uh, re- listeners from our Red Wall episodes, uh, we'll eventually <laughs> do the Red Wall book with uh, Sarmina in it. Yeah, and she's uh, she's not quite the same as this Sarmina, but this Sarmina is certainly trying to live up to some kind of reputation. Anyway, moving on. So Luke is seen looking at the map table, and he's lingering over a drift mark. Um, the map table doesn't quite match how it looked in the Game of Thrones series. They've made it more detailed. Yeah. And Rhaenyra comes in. Um, Luke thinks that Corlys, the sea snake, will die, and he doesn't want to be heir. He gets, um, quote-unquote, green sick before the ship even leaves the harbor, while his grandfather is the greatest sailor alive. Um, green sick being the Westeros uh, term for seasickness. Yep. Well, they, of course they'd have their their term for that. No, he thinks he'll just ruin everything. And Vaymond, you know the guy who uh, lost half of his head last episode and um, should have been heir. And Rhaenyra says to him that we don't get to choose our destiny. And um, Luke brings up that Viserys let her choose to be heir. Uh, I don't think he exactly did. I think that she actually insisted she was, but I think that that was his plan all along as well. Because I, I think he was trying to... I think he tried to plan a lot things a lot smoother and they did not go very smooth to say the least which we'll have like an overview of him at some point I guess Maybe the main thing here is that Luke is really overwhelmed at the idea of possibly having to run this great seafaring house that he doesn't think he can live up to at all yeah and he has he's gonna have to be the head of it all And uh, she says to him that she was frightened and was 14, but it was her duty and she had to earn her inheritance. And um, he says, well, he isn't perfect like her. And he doesn't, he didn't even say it in a sarcastic way either. He (laughs) meant it. he's being serious because he's, he's, they're, the, these kids are like, they're very naive in a lot of ways. I have to say, that's my personal opinion. I think that they are trying to live up to, as Sarah said, their ideals of honor. And I think that that's kind of an impossible task if you really look at it. Which, you know, you can philosophize philosophize all you want about that. I think that either way it means that it will be present challenges from. Well, we're gonna see. We're gonna you're gonna see what happens anyway. <laughs> and oh, she's says that she is far from perfect but her father helped um, prepare her and she will do the same for Luke 
Um, next you see that um, Rhaenys has arrived on Dragonback and seeks audience with Venera and Daemon and brings news of the king's death and Aegon's crowning. And um, Rhaenyra is next um, crying. And uh, they talk about the crowning some more. Damon thinks that his brother was murdered. You know, his brother who looked like he was going to die at any second. That guy. Yep. So more suspicion of foul play about the obviously dying king. Except for, yeah. And uh, Rhaenys says, the queens are coming for you and your children. Yeah, so she's outright saying this now. This is like, oh, I mean, this is open hostility at this point. It's about to get a, lot, a whole lot more hostile. And yes, at this point, um, they're openly... I, um, I think we may have mentioned already that um, the sides of this uh, feud... Um, on Venera and Damon's side are called the Blacks, and on Alicent and Aegon's side, um, the Greens. Yeah, and the Blacks are right now, they start discussing how, what their strategy is and all that. What, uh, how many, they compare how many dragons, you know, although I'm sure was if that comes later, right? Or is that, uh... Well, the shock of this, um, triggers... Rhaenyra to go into labor early. Oh, yeah. So, this is what now, yeah, now. I do... They do discuss that, though. They discuss the dragons, uh, the differences in the dragons. And what, what, was, what was it? Uh, how many do the blacks have? They have, like, 14 or... Okay, that's later. Okay. All right. We'll go on, on with this scene. We're going to get this scene uh, through first. Um, don't worry. We'll come to it. Uh... So yeah, the uh, the the shock of this triggers her into an early labor. She's already sort of not. I feel like it's been implied throughout the show that she's not doing too well. Like already, I mean, yeah. I didn't think so. Long. Really? Okay, I don't know. I felt like there was some degree of foreshadow. Maybe it's just because I knew ahead of time. That is a possibility. Yeah, I may have uh, said some book spoilers in front of Billy. Which I don't mind necessarily, because she's not spoiling anything major. But anyway, it's... Uh... So, the baby is coming too early, and it is going difficult for her. And Damon is not with her. He is off making military arrangements, um, including conscripting dragon keepers. You know, as as fighters. Yep. And her sons are doing a sword practice on the beach. They're called in and told of the king's death and Aegon's crowning. And she tells Jace that he is now her heir. And she just names him right away. Damon is to send ravens to allies. And he will... 
as he will fly to the River Lords himself. Sorry, the Riverlands. And Jace comes in and says that his mother has decreed that no action will be taken while she is abed. So, the idea is that she has to uh, get through this first. Which makes sense. Well, Damon is not exactly being partner of the year by not being... he's not. He's he's going totally... And he he's he's a lunatic. Let's face it. Like I said, he's in a bad place. He's a lunatic. He's going to, of course, do whatever he wants. No matter how, no matter what, he's practically doing things to make statements at this point. Anyway, and Damon tells Jace that he is needed to patrol the skies on Vermax, and he's a Jace says, "Do you even hear what I said?" Um, Damon then swears the two Kingsguard to their side under threat of Caraxes. Uh, you can have a clean and honorable death if they don't take their side. Yeah, he gives Or die tra- screaming if they turn traitor. Yeah, basically the thing is that they can say, right now they say, no, we're throwing in, we're, we're with the Greens. We were loyal to them the whole time. No, we were loyal to the Blacks the whole That's time. And if you're not, well, there's clean and honorable death by yeah, a dragon fire right can, there. Give, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that they can say right now, we're with the Greens. We chose to be loyal to the Greens the whole time. And then he'll just kill them. He's saying that if they pretend to be their allies and say we're with the Blacks and then later betray them to the Greens, he'll like, they'll die screaming. Ooh. Anyway. Um, back with Rhaenyra... The birth is bloody, painful, gruesome, and when the um, baby girl is born, she is stillborn, which is all you know shown on screen. Now, I didn't really see that much of it, and I've seen the stills later, and yeah, it's, uh... Now, have we explained... We might as well just explain the Targaryen... Thing. That there's some kind of weird genetic thing with Targaryens that sometimes they will have a child that is born with dragon features and, and usually the child dies. And well, you never have anybody or, who's reached adulthood who's yeah, you know visibly we, part dragon. Yeah, so. we don't notice anything like that. So is that yeah, I don't really notice it. I mean, it looks deformed, but I can't quite tell what it is. Later, we see stills. Of there are stills. They're it's awful. They're pretty yeah. much viral on Facebook. Yeah, uh, and I've uh, had enough of seeing them. Yeah, and you know whatever you just you know content warning if you choose to do that. Yeah, there's going to be a million opinions of that. The point is though, is that it is a part of the story that this happened, and it's horrifying. And so she lost the baby. The idea is that she lost the baby. Um, and who would have been, uh, been named Visenya? That's never brought up, but in the book. In the book, it's mentioned. Now, wait, should we mention the mace? Should we go into that whole thing, really? All the right. So the there's a few uh, conspiracy theories that are conspiracy never. Conspiracy fan theories. So, so they're ultra conspiracy. So they're never confirmed in the book. One is that somehow when this happens, um. The maesters are at fault. That maesters have an anti-Targaryen thing going, and are trying to prevent more Targaryens from being born. And they point out that there's always a maester around when this happens. They never say, 
it, it's never really confirmed what they think Maesters did to cause it. And Maesters being around for births isn't exactly an unusual thing in Westeros. Um, this order of all men who at least officially don't have any wives or girlfriends or offspring are usually around when um, nobles are giving birth. Yeah, I uh, I did just imply that being men with no uh, no offspring of their own and no wives or girlfriends, maybe they sh- aren't the most qualified for the job, but that's how it is. Yeah, so this happens, and um, so what is going to happen now as a result of this? But. The Maester theory about Maesters having any foul play with this is not confirmed. It is a fan tinfoil theory. It's called the Grey Rat Theory. The Grey Rat Theory. I guess that's... uh... Because a character in the main series who doesn't trust Maesters for unrelated reasons calls them Grey Rats. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's right. Nice little slur against Maesters. Uh, So, moving on. Um, As a result of There's also a... Tinfoil theory that the dragons themselves are causing this to happen as a, a sort of sacrifice for more dragons to exist and how that's supposed to work is not exactly explained by this tinfoil theory either. How many people here mention that one? Is that like a common I've encountered one? it once. Only once? Although I've more than once encountered the theory that this is caused by whatever created dragons in the first place. Like, oh, some kind of warped magic or experiments happened way back in time. And the Targaryens are indeed truly part dragon. Or maybe the dragons are part human. They tried to, like, do something with them. And they're like... I'll call that one the Congo theory. Uh, because... Well, you'd have to read the novel Congo by Michael Crichton to understand that. But uh, yeah, well, I have not read Congo that. Congo with dragons. Yeah. All right. Imagine Sarah. Imagine that, but with gorillas, and that's sort of what Congo is. Uh, is that gonna of. go in a even warped direction? Than... Congo. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, like I said, it does involve humans, but that's. Uh, and this thing, though, this is just a hypothetical. All of these are weird tinfoil theories that board fans are coming up Although with Congo because... Congo actually has that. Yeah, by all means. I recommend reading Congo. It's, it's vintage Crichton. You may as well. Um, but... Anyway, this sad, tragic thing happens. Rhaenyra has lost a child besides going through the trauma of... That. Medieval birth, and... And she's really upset. So... On top of that... So she's mourning her child. Um, they have the funeral, which is a cremation, because that's how Targaryens that's how do roll, things. And that's... we already seen that before. We've seen that with, uh... The earlier funerals. Damon looks sad, which is something. Uh... He's skulking. That's the word I would use. He is skulking in the shadows, which he does. But yeah, he seems quite concerned. Eric Cargyle swears fealty to Rhaenyra, 
And then they crown Rhaenyra with Viserys' crown. It's like right there at the funeral. Like, oh, they do the funeral and then they do the crowning. At the same... Same day, same time. Which seems... A little weird. Just a little bit. Um, then they light up the map table with flame underneath, which uh, looks awesome. They discuss allies, and mostly they're expecting the um, the coastal houses, like, you know, with Sharp Point, and uh, I, I don't remember all of them. I know they mentioned Bar Emmon and a few others. That They think they might get House Aaron because they're related to Rhaenyra through her mother. Um, Grover Tully is fickle, and Daemon will treat with him. Yeah, it looks like we're going to get the Muppet Tullys. The Muppet, they're going to do all of them. Yeah, Grover, Elmo, Kermit, Oscar. It's going to be like, well, like I said in the previous episode, uh, you know, HBO owns the rights to Sesame Street and Game of Thrones. So. In the book, George R.R. Mm-hmm. actually did the sentence, Kermit was a green boy. <laughs> yeah, he did that. He had to be. He had to do it. In fact, I'm sure that that was totally his, his whole story was just so he could write that. Anyway. This is all Muppet fan fiction. That's all it is. Um... Um, envoys will be sent to Stark and Baratheon. And Corlys is sailing for Dragonstone. The Lannisters will not be on this side. And the Queens have three adult dragons, including the biggest living dragon around. And the Blacks have... Three adult dragons, four young dragons, three unclaimed adult dragons, so dragons that had riders, but the riders are no longer alive. Um, Three wild dragons that have never been ridden, which really, it's not really their dragons, but because of where they live, it's con- they're considered on their side. And a full hatchery of eggs. And I actually did do a full rundown of the names of the dragons. Alright, you want to hear them? So the greens have Sunfire, Dreamfire, and Vagar. Um, the blacks have the adult dragons, Cyrax, Caraxes, Meles, and the young, Vermax, Arax, Tyraxes, and Moondancer. Now, mind you that Vagar, I would say, counts for like at least two large dragons because she is huge. I was going to remind you of that, but, you know, you get the other ones, so. Yeah, and you know how the names are either, like, totally badass sounding or they sound like they come from My Little Pony. Moon Dancer, Dreamfire. I'm sure that George R. R. Martin would say that they're yet another language or they're Westerosi, so it's like... (laughs) Oh, and Moondancer has, like, iridescent wing membranes or something. Yeah, this is kind of My Little Pony-ish, don't you think? Yeah, well, you might as well make your dragons colorful. <laughs> you know, just to crank that stuff up. Yeah. Um, 
unclaimed dragons, Vermithor, oh, yeah. cool. Sea Smoke, and Silverwing, and the, and the wild dragons who have never been ridden by anybody, the cannibal, so-called because he likes to eat other dragons. Well, he also eats like baby dragons from the hatchery, so yeah, that's kind of... Well, that's awesome. That's... That's I mean that's that's dragon. pretty a uh, feral reptile for yeah, you. Pretty much, that's like that's totally something that like you know an off lizard or snake would do. Like you totally see like a you know certain animals just going completely nuts that way. And it was probably like they said people probably tried to ride it. It was probably just like no, you know, I'm going to I'm just going to be against everything. So anyway, sheep stealer, a quote unquote ugly brown dragon that's known for um, eating sheep. And if I recall correctly, the occasional shepherd or sheepdog. Yeah. And Grey Ghost who pretty much keeps to himself and eats marine life. Yeah. A lot of fish and... Grey Ghost I love, and it's unfortunate what happens, but we won't go into that. We'll just say that there's going to be a lot of carnage caused by dragons. Two other dragons. Two other dragons, but also to dragon riders, which, you know, that's inevitable. And it's what we... Now this is not counting dragons that are still in their eggs and dragons that will hatch in the future. Yeah, not counting... Daenerys dragons, they're often included. And mourning. If you want a really My Little Pony-ish dragon, like, oh, this dragon is pink and black and rides around on the shoulder, well, that comes later. That this dragon is not... Yeah, they'll put... Yeah. Yeah. Now, Damon thinks he can get every queen head mounted on the spike within a moon's turn. Because he's arrogant like that. And a delegation from the Queens that is led by Otto Hightower arrives. Don't mind the brat. Rhaenyra is to swear fealty to Aegon. She can have Dragonstone with Jace confirmed as heir and Luke confirmed heir of Driftmark and her other sons given high places at court as squire and cupbearer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's their plan, is just give Rhaenyra her island, let her rule on her island, and her son can be heir of that island, and her other son can be heir of this other island, but they don't get the whole kingdom. So, there you go. And I don't, I also don't believe calling yourself queen is, uh, in the bargain either. You're gonna refugee them, basically. It's more like, oh, we'll leave you alone, but you're just lords of this yeah. spot. Damon says he would rather feed his sons to his dragon than have them carry shields and cups for that, um, seaward Aegon. So, uh... That's a no. That's a no, and, uh, dad of the year there also... I mean that sarcastically. Yeah. Um, Otto says that Aegon has all the symbols of legitimacy. He has the conqueror's crown and he has the sword. He was crowned in public by a septon and he even has the conqueror's name. And her claim ended when Alicent gave birth to a son. 
and they are sending envoys to Baratheon and Stark also. Um, she calls him an uh, effing traitor and takes his handpin and throws it in the sea. Yay! Otto gives Rhaenyra a paper, and this was the page torn from the book when Rhaenyra and Alicent, you know, when they were still young and they were friends who were maybe a little bit more than friends, and um, one of them pulled the book out of the paper, so she kept it all these years. Yeah. Um, sorry, pulled the paper out of the book. Um... Queen Allison has not forgotten the love that they once had for each other. No blood need be spilled. The realm can carry on in peace. She wants an answer. Um, Damon suggests the answer of killing and castrating Otto and sending um, the hand back to her. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, a few people think they should have gone with that. I'm not going to say one way or the other on that, because that's that's what happens when you have, like, these royal feuds. And um, Rhaenyra says that, no, King's Landing will have her answer on the morrow. Um, I think she was, you know, moved by the, the piece of pap- paper from the book. And she flies off on Cyrax. And uh, Daemon, he says, it is no easy thing to be a dragon slayer. But dragons can kill dragons and have. And the simple truth is we have more dragons than Aegon. Which is true. That is true. And Venera says that Viserys taught her Valyrian history well. And when dragons flew to war, everything burned. I'm sure that was definitely true. And she says, I do not wish to rule over a kingdom of ash and bone. So it seems a bit of a callback. Yeah, Daenerys kind of said something very close. And then she went nuts, which I don't know. We'll see where this is going. She doesn't want war because of the destruction it will do to the realm. And Daemon says the enemy has already declared war, and it is a ruler's duty to put down rebellions. And she mentions the prophecy, which apparently Daemon had never been told about. Like his brother never told him. And Damon grabs her by the neck and chokes her for almost a minute. Which looked a little bit fi- which looked kind of fake, which it was. It was acting. I mean, I don't want anyone being choked for real here. But yeah. So he hadn't been told about it. He's very angry he hadn't been told and he's taking it out on her and um, some fans were kind of shocked by this. Like, oh, here's Damon being abusive and, you know, there's it's like, oh, this surprises you? Didn't he uh, crush his last wife with a rock? Which is true. Oh, oh, sorry, not his last, his, his first. His first wife. His last wife. What happened? Oh, yeah, she died. The dragon. Fire. So, there you go. Twice widower, which, you know, one was unfortunate, but one was murder. And now, Although yeah, I he's... wouldn't necessarily have expected this because I did think 
he actually liked her. I mean, Rhaenyra. Although, yeah, their relationship kind of started with that whole groomer situation, so... Yeah, Damon is messed up. And yeah, I've already seen the memes calling that oh kinky. No, it's not. There's no consent on her part for that. Getting choked thing. Uh, next, you see Corley is home at Trift Mark. He still looks sick. And he says, I've had men whipped for falling asleep on their watch, but you are not a man. What? Rainey's says that he's gone adventuring at sea as he always does, and you know basically he's not looking after Driftmark and his house. Corley says it was all for nothing, and he's no longer going for the Iron Throne. And She tells him about how Vaman was killed for calling the boys bastards. So yeah, he wants. So he wants to, you know, stand Driftmark with his grandsons, and no, they're already in danger as long as Aegon is king because of uh, that whole incident. He wants to stay neutral, and it's past the point where that's going to happen. Yeah, he says about Rhaenyra, that girl destroys everything she touches, and she, she was complicit in their son's death. See, nobody knows that um, Leonor is still alive somewhere with uh, Carl. But she is. Yes, he is, but... And Rainey says that Rhaenyra is the only one holding the realm together, and all the men with her are urging war, and only she is showing restraint. Um, Corlys and Rhaenys come to Rhaenyra's council, condolences for her father, asks about Damon. Um, they say they don't have enough allies, and he talks doubtfully about her potential allies. Hope is a fool's ally. Um, Rhaenyra um, asks about House Valarion, and it says that the High Towers swore to her too, and this High Tower treason cannot stand. And he gives House Valerian support. She still wants to hold the realm reunited, and if there's war, it will not be her doing the first stroke. And Corley sees that as her just not taking action. And she says, no, it's a caution to see who their allies are. The Sea Snake will control the Stepstones, which are now free of the Triarchy. And Rhaenys will patrol the Gullet on Maylees. The Gullet is... Um, a shipping lane area in the ocean. Yeah. 
didn't you say that was one of those controlled areas where there was piracy at one point with that? Oh, that was the Stepstones, but... No, before that, I thought. No, there may have been. So now that the narrow sea is drained, as they put it, meaning that they're going to, you know, put a control over both areas that ships are likely to come through, they will lay siege to King's Landing and force surrender. So they're just trying to go straight up for a classic naval victory. Siege and blockade. Ravens are to be sent to their allies, and Jace speaks up and requests that he and Luke go instead, because dragons are faster and more convincing than ravens. And she agrees. Jace is to fly to the Eyrie and see Lady Jane, and then to Winterfell to see Craig and Stark. Little side note, the name pronunciation annoys me. What, Craigan? Craigan. See, when I was reading the book, I imagined it as Cregan, and that's how it is in my mind, and I'm not the only one. They're like, it's Cregan. You never know until you... Oh, incidentally, this guy Cregan, he's young, but with a name like Cregan, it's kind of... Suddenly reminds you of Craggy, so you're picturing an old guy. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Luke is to go to Storm's End to treat with Boros Baratheon. Now, she seems to think, I think, that uh, the safer one is Storm's End, it's the shorter distance, so she's going to send the younger son. And, and the older son is going to take the allegedly, you know, more dangerous journey because it's longer. We're going to see that this is sort of not the best decision, to put it mildly. And... Yeah, she takes her boys aside and says it is said that Targaryens are closer to gods than men. And, you know, perhaps... You know, the dragons put them a touch closer. But if they serve the Seven Kingdoms, they must answer to their gods. And then has them swear on a seven-pointed star that they are messengers only and will not take part in the fighting. Now, the seven-pointed star, it's... Basically, it's their holy book. It, it's like a Bible to them. And so they're just supposed to ride their dragons, deliver their messages, and come home and not take part. And then she tells Jace that Craig and... Creakin' Stark is close to his own age and maybe as men they can find a common interest. Which makes sense. Yeah, I still this want to call like, him Creakin'. This is like a play date. That would be like a play date where the fate of the kingdom depends on it. Like, yeah, you're both, what, 15? You. <laughs> yeah, get along. It's like, nah, they don't get along. I don't know. We'll see. 
Sarah Actually, knows. going by the book, they I'm did. Sure, they did. Yeah. If they don't change anything, yeah, they. <laughs> well, they... there's going to be factions. It's very clear as we're about to see that there's going to be factions. And she tells that Luke that Storm's End is a short flight, and he has Baratheon blood. And Lord Boros is proud and will be honored to host a prince and a dragon. And she says, yes, mother, your grace. So you can already see a, a bit of a shift that uh, if she's queen, they can't just call her mom anymore. And they fly off on Vermax and Arax. So the, these are the young, small dragons. They seem pretty much the same design as each other. The color's a little different. And next, Damon goes underground and he sings a song in Valyrian to Vermithor, who listens to the song and then makes a big uh, flame because he likes it. And I know very little Valyrian, but I did find a translation into English of what he was singing. Fire breather, winged leader, but two heads to a third sing. From my voice, the fires have spoken, and the price has been paid with blood magic. So, with words of flame, with clear eyes, to bind the three to you I sing. As one we gather, and with three heads, we shall fly as we were destined, beautifully, freely. So I think he's like trying to tame that dragon to bring it with him and the other dragon. Like, it's using some sort of chant. It sounds like he's trying to summon King Ghidorah or something, which is their, as I always mention, is their house, uh, their house sigil. It is King Ghidorah. And uh, this is Vermithor, who has been ridden before. Yeah. He belonged to King Jaehaerys. Yeah, it's one of the, uh, unclaimed dragons. Yes, as opposed to a dragon who has never had a rider and is much more dangerous. Yeah, the ones that have never had riders are the ones that are the most dangerous ones of all. And they're the ones that, like I said, they're gonna fight. Uh, they don't care. They'll just fight other dragons. So next, uh, at Storm's End, there's a storm over Storm's End, which... I mean, it got its name for a reason. Luke arrives, and you can see Vagar is there already, just huge in the background. Yeah, Vagar. Well, I want to say this: Vagar, like that's like a nice menacing uh, thing, and it's I I that was very clearly I think taken from Jurassic Park, like you know the T Rex in the rain. It's basically the same sort of effect, like it's just just there. Um, so, he's, Jurassic uh, Park is frightening in the dark. Yeah. All the dinosaurs are running wild. Someone turned the fence off in the rain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, he's, he knows that she's there. I mean, I think he does, at least. Uh, did he? I don't remember. It was, uh, yeah, I think so. It, yeah. But nonetheless, he, he goes that, in. And Eamon, or, um... To uh, go before yeah. uh, Lord Boros Baratheon, and Aemond is already there. there. And he's waiting for him, and he immediately announces his presence. Um, Aemond looks disproportionately <laughs> older compared to... Like, I know that they did some recasting of the actors, but... Wait, they recast Aemond? Well, they... 
I mean, they did when they, they aged all, up. Yeah, yeah they, they aged yeah, up, but yeah. when you actually see them together, Eamon looks like an adult. Yeah, and people Luke are, looks like a kid. And people are joking about that, where it's like, look at... And they only, had a, they only had a few years be- yeah, age have, like, between like, them. What, like, two or three years? Yeah, it's them? like that, but it looks, it looks like, like an adult it looks like and like a 13-year-old. Uh, and they're probably, yeah, I guess that was artistic license to make it look better, but it's like, yeah, no, it's... Uh, he, so Eamon's, uh, Aim- saying, is already there, and, uh... He outright says that he owes him an eye. Yeah, but, uh, before we get to that, Boros says that the king already sent a message to him. So which is it, king or queen? Yeah. The house of the dragon can't rule itself, so what's your mother's message? And then he, uh, calls for a maester because he apparently can't read. Yeah, no, not only the king not read. He like refuses to learn. Like he could as others have mentioned, like He's he a lord, he could He could have easily spent as much time as he wanted being I'm sure but my my personal theory is that the Maesters actually gave up. Like he actually did try to learn to read and the Maesters gave up because he probably was just like beating them or something while they were like trying to teach him. It's like, no, sir, this is a vow. This is a vow. He just starts punching them and throwing a tantrum. Anyway. Ooh, oh, you think, think this, this is you think this is like a Baratheon thing? Yeah. Because yeah, none of this is actually talked about this way in the book or the show, but uh Bill's got his uh, head cannon there that yeah. he probably beat up a maester or <laughs> the Baratheons. Yeah. Anyway. Ours is the Fury. Yep. So he's He's offended by the little bit that the maester whispered to him. Reminds me of my oaths. And says that the king offered a marriage pact. So which one of my daughters will you wed? And three women who look to be about in the 20s look toward Luke. And that's another bit of artistic license. Because those girls were like Luke's age in the book. And here it shows, like, three grown women just kind of in unison look toward Luke. And Luke kind of looks uncomfortable, says he's already betrothed, he's not free to marry. And so Boros says, you come with em- so you come with empty hands. Go home, pup, and tell your mother that the Lord of Storm's End is not a dog that she can whistle up at need to set against her foes. And uh, he just says, I shall take your answer to the queen, my lord. Yeah. And uh, Eamon, uh, he says, uh, wait, my lord, strong. Yeah, my lord, strong, you owe me an eye. Accuses him of trying to steal his brother's throne. And says, does he think he can do that at no cost? Luke says he won't fight him. He comes as a messenger. And... Eamon says that a fight would be a little challenge. He wants Luke to put out his eye. Yeah, voluntarily. Yeah, it, it to him. and he moves his eye patch, and underneath it, he's got a blue sapphire shoved in there, which I'm not exactly sure how he did, because with how his eye was stitched, I didn't think he'd even have a space for that. All right, a bit of a little uh, side note. My sister used to have pet hedgehogs, and hedgehogs are accident-prone little creatures, 
and one of them had an accident with its own quill and its eye, and um, of course we took him right to the vet, but he ended up um, not having the eye able to be saved, and um, the stitches were pretty much in the same way, and when they healed, there wasn't anywhere, it was just skin. And the hedgehog was not troubled by that the rest of its life, because hedgehogs don't really rely that much on vision anyway. Just was a little one-eyed pirate hedgehog. And I was expecting it to be the same way for uh, Amund. But no, he somehow got that uh, blue sapphire in there, which, which was in the book. Yeah. So Maybe a little bit of White Walker imagery, or um, likely he did it in imitation of the legendary character Simeon Star-Eyes, who was blind and had sapphires in both of his eye sockets, and he fought with some two-bladed spinning blade thing, very uh, Star Wars-esque. No, Star Wars fans, don't... Uh, don't get after me about this. I no, it's it's appropriate. <laughs> Star Wars fan, I'll give that a pass. That's appropriate enough. So anyway, he says this. He says this, and he actually tosses Luke a knife. He says, "One would do. I wouldn't blind you." Luke, you know, says, "No." Oh, then you're a craven as well as a traitor. Give me your eye, or I'll take it. And Boros is just like, "Not in my hall." And then they just the boy take- came as an envoy. I will not have bloodshed beneath my roof, because Luke, true his sword in self-defense and take Prince Luxeries back to his dragon now now clearly he just said it's like yeah don't have your fight in my hall yeah and And you were saying how this would likely go down in Baratheon history as how he like wisely kept the peace and prevented bloodshed in his own hall except for the fact that what happens is different we'll see what happens next yeah so he goes out. Luke flies off in a driving no, thunderstorm. Hold, hold, hold on, we have to cut to the point that, uh, what's her name? Um, Vagar? Vagar is not there. Remember? Vagar wasn't there when he flew off. So, he flies off into the thunderstorm. Vagar is not there suddenly. Yeah. Um,. Um, the strong winds are buffeting the small dragon as it's flying in heavy thunderstorm. Yeah. Uh, even if uh, nothing off was happening, you know, that that's would a be pretty hazardous. Yes. And you can see you can see Vagar flying, kind of silhouetted, ominously, and uh, next uh, day. Damon is uh, flying his dragon and laughing and um, going, flying and intimidating passes at Luke. And Vagar snaps at Arax. You have a debt. And then there's a visually spectacular chase where they're flying. Um, pursuing the smaller dragon, and yeah. Arax is flown like into a crevice that the big dragon can't follow into. But so, so Vagar is like you know pursuing, and Vagar, yeah, that whole scene was awesome because again, you the, th- the lightning flashes and you just see this gigantic 
<coughs> gigantic dragon. Probably blew a lot of CGI budget on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm hoping that they do that. Like I said, this is we get the appropriate amount of dragons, finally, in this episode. So, she's like this gigantic thing in all her glory, and... She's pursuing much smaller dragon. The much smaller dragon is just uh, flying away and flying around. Um. And then Arax breathes fire at Vagar's face as that's Luke is happens. yelling, No, well, serve. Serve me. And that's the thing. But, 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 uh, little dragon just goes right to Vagar and then, breathes uh, fire at her. And that's not a good move. And uh, then Vagar gives real chase to Arax, who's like pumping his wings, flying away, and um, Amond is yelling no. Yeah, he's trying to. He doesn't want to do this. He wants to scare the guy, the the kid, and he wants to maybe like traumatize him. Maybe for all I know, he wants to land him and then take his eye or something like that. Uh. But it, it's it's quickly getting way out of hand, and uh, he, he has no control. No, neither of them have control of their dragons at this point. Like no control whatsoever. And Vagar bites into Arax, and you see pieces of dragon falling to the sea, and no sign of Luke. But I think we all know where Luke is. Yeah. Well, we bit. Okay. Bit Arax. Bit like her head was like the size of Arax. Like bit all of. Arax and all of Luke. Yeah, you see like a shred of wing falling yeah, to the a sea. Swing and, a wing and a leg like fall, and that's like it. And like, I guess some tail tip. Like, that's all there is. Everything else was just bitten. So. Now, I've see. seen some uh, discussion of like, oh, it's dragons that started the Dance of the Dragons. And. Did you expect the dragons to obey you? A dragon isn't a slave. So here's the thing is... Aemond may not have intended to kill Luke, unlike in the book where he definitely did. But he was deliberately flying his dragon and encouraging his dragon to intimidate the other dragon and chase it. So, what, he expects the dragon to just uh, not do what appears to be being asked of her. This dragon has been flown to war, and um, now, there's been some memes like, oh, Grandma Vagar, like, it's wartime now? Yeah. Is this Dorn? That's how I like, that's what I like. That's how I think that's happening. Also, she's, you know, she's old dragon. I I don't think, I think she's actually sharper than ever, but I think that she still thinks, oh, it's wartime. I, I, you know, she switches on the instinct. Now, she's, what, 200 years old? Something, oh, like, something that? like that. And, um, the intelligence of dragons, you know, not sure exactly what it is, but they're credited with being pretty smart, so think like a parrot, maybe, or... <laughs> Nothing is more vindictive than a parrot, if you've ever owned a parrot. So... So yeah, and yeah, of course, Arax was gonna breathe fire in her face. He he was being you know, threatened. Yes, 
But either the point is neither of them even thought about that. But especially Amon. And Amon is clearly like whoopsie. <laughs> he's cle- you see his face and he's clearly in shock the whole time. And uh, even if you don't want to go mystical with dragons and how uh, free they apparently are. I mean, uh, whatever you want to say. If animals. you did the same thing with a dog yeah. that was even less than, you know, perfectly well-trained and the dog was like, oh, I'm not going to just chase, I'm going to bite too. Is that really so shocking? You started it. You encouraged your uh, dog to give chase. Uh, so... Luke is dead. Um, in the book, I should say there are unsubstantiated uh, sort of rumors that oh maybe he survived. Maybe really? he survived and really? like washed up on shore with no memory and lived with a fisherman's daughter. Or so there's always there's. Have you ever noticed? I'm seeing a pattern here. I'm seeing a pattern that there's all these like oh they survived. Maybe they survived. Oh. They probably somehow survived and became this. Now, there's no reason for that. Now, I will say this: that this one, that this show, has already done that with one per character who doesn't. That they don't do that with in the book. So at least that's what Sarah said, right? They don't. They don't do that. Leonor is yeah. definitely dead in the book. In the book, whereas in this, you know, he's alive and he's just he ran away elsewhere. He wanted out. So I can see them. Flipping the script on a few things coming up. Yeah. And nor will this be the last character that there's rumors like this about. I mean, I'm not going to further spoil, but it is a recurring thing. Yeah. As far as we know, Luke is dead. And next you see Damon and Rhaenyra at council, and then they walk away and stare into the fireplace, and then Rhaenyra turns away with a look of rage and tears. So I think the implication is they know. They found out. Who do you think told them? There didn't seem to be any uh, witnesses. Unless... Him not coming back. He didn't come back, and maybe somebody who was at Baratheon's court might have... It seemed that there was an altercation between them, and then they flew off. And uh, and that's probably is what happened. They have their spies, don't they? <coughs> that's probably they probably had a spy say, "Oh, they had a heated words," and then they both stormed off. And it's like, oh, and one of them didn't come back. You know, two and two. Now, what happens in the books? Do they? I mean, it's. It's pretty much the same story in the book, except for um, Aemon definitely wanted his dragon to kill Luke and Arax. This, uh, it being a a threat that got way out of hand. I think that that's a smart way of doing it, because then that really, (laughs) truly, as he says, it makes it so like the dragon started it inadvertently, of course. And you just have, uh, you just have these, uh, you have, uh, the, the, these two sides that, uh, and one of them 
accidentally is partially is responsible as well as the human responsible and he didn't mean to do it so he's gonna have to deal with that forever knowing that he uh, started the war of course I'm sure Eamon who knows maybe he'll have bravado about it don't spoil it Sam how sorry do you think he really is though well I think he's sorry to the extent that that happened like he's probably like ah crap now now we're really gonna be in a lot of mess which they are they're gonna be it's gonna be an outright war um so either way though what was the last scene sarah it was just um rhaenyra turning away from the fireplace with a look of rage and with tears in her eyes yeah so So she she knows and she's gonna declare war like all out (laughs) Which, you know, makes sense. And that is the end of the first season of House of the Dragon. Yeah, season one is finished, and season two is what, 2024? I think it's 2024. I think there's two years in between. Oh, boy. Apparently they apparently they hadn't confirmed there would be a second season until there definitely was enough uh, watcher turnout for the first one. Wow. They would have just ended it. That would have been a bad cliffhanger to end it on. I'd be quite enraged. Well, I think Game of Thrones is one of the big uh, money makers for HBO, so... Uh, I think uh, anything in this franchise is going to be a pretty successful thing for um, HBO unless it is really beyond terrible. I can't imagine. If, as long as they keep having more dragons and more dragon fights, I can't imagine it being terrible. I mean, I don't know. I'm a simple guy. Give me my dragon fights, I'll be okay. And it ended right at the beginning of what will become uh, the Dance of the Dragons. Yep. And that's up next. Yes, it is, and there will be many more dragon fights. Yeah. So I like it overall. At least so far. Was it unnecessarily brutal? Yes. Many times it was. Um, I guess it's fairly book accurate. Yeah, fairly. They took some creative license with the whole uh, hunt and white stag thing. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So there you go. And of course they took a bit of... uh, Well, having Leonor survive for one thing. Now I presume he's out of the story permanently, but uh, what if he's not? That would be a twist. Well, whenever the next one comes out, um, we do intend to cover it, and until next time, uh, we'll still be doing more Hobbit, more more Game Game of Thrones, the book, and 
we're going to eventually do the rest of the Red Wall series. Do Lord of the Rings. And I'm talking both the movies and the book. Our next um, Lord of the Rings chapter is going to be um, The Shadow of the Past. So stay tuned for that when it comes out. Um, It's not going to be our next episode, but we will have it soon. Thanks for listening and uh, have a good night. Good night.